بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على النبي الأمي برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين الحمد لله we were in the discussion of the Sahabi who was also responsible for deen spreading in Yemen and when fitna spread Allah took work from him to end off these great fitnas that happened these were trials that were a test for the ummah of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained to the ummah that Aswad Ansi is causing fitna for the people in Yemen. At that time, there were quite a few who were affected by those surrounding them. They wanted position, they wanted status, they wanted fame. So they became renegade. They had turned their backs on deen. And this was the test that they failed. Allah save us. Allah save us from losing our iman. Allah save us from losing our deen. So Aswad Ansi turned apostate in Yemen. Similar to that was a man in Yamama by the name of Musaylima Al-Kazab. Another, quite a few others as well. When Aswad Ansi turned away from the truth, there were quite a few Sahaba عنهم, who were working on protecting the Iman of the Ummah. Aswad Ansi was a magician. He was very <coughs> evil intended, intended and he was eloquent with his sweet tongue and his bombastic words he would win over the minds and the hearts of the masses and he would entice the prominent with promise, promising them positions and wealth and status he came out you know veiled to instill himself with a lot of awe at that time there was a lot of influence for the abna in yemen the leader of the abna was none other than Hazrat Fayruz al-Daylami the Sahabi of Rasulullah What does Abna mean? Abna were Persians who were originally Persian. Their parents were from Persia, but they were born in Yemen. So their mothers were Arab. And the senior of such people was none other than Badan. Badan rahimahullah. Badan was the first to embrace Islam. We remember the incident of how Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's knowledge, the knowledge Allah's Nabi received from Allah, that inspired Badan. And Badan had forsaken his emulating the Persian Empire, the, the Persian Emperor Kisra, Kisra, Shirawi. He had forsaken Shirawi and he had brought Islam and brought Deen. And he then brought his family onto Deen and his guards onto Deen and his family onto Deen. Then Badan passed away. Who then took over was Badan's son, whose name was Shahr. The beloved of Allah وسلم, had sent Hazrat Mu'ad bin Jabal and Hazrat Abu Musa al Ash'ari. When Al Aswad al Ansi had started calling to his. Uh, new creed his people the Banu Mazhij tribe were the first to join him they were a humongous tribe and he then with them attacked Sana'a they then killed Hazrat Shahar bin Badan anhu, and he Aswad Ansi forcefully wedded Shahar bin Badan's wife whose name was Adad he then from Sana'a drastically and very very quickly started attacking hailing attacks on all the surrounding areas and from Sana'a to Hadramaut all fell to the sword of Al-Aswad Al-Ansi he tricked people with his genius intellect and he then also claimed to them 
claimed before them that he had an angel like Allah's Nabi وسلم, had a, the angel Jibreel bringing information from Allah so he claimed to have the angel notifying him of Mughayyabat uh, matters of the unseen and how he justified this was he would then spread his his men into different different areas to penetrate and delve into the secret lives of people getting to know them their situations their problems and as these people would come with their problems to al-aswad al-ansi he would then meet his special people from a different door hear the information about those individuals and then he would solve the issues pretending to actually know and see from the unseen what they were actually going through this is how his fame spread like wildfire Allah's Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam wrote letters to the Muslims who were living in Yemen encouraging them and guiding them on what should be done and also under the guidance of Hazrat Mu'ad bin Jabal and Hazrat Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu anhum they carried out the guidance of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam among the first to inculcate and practice Rasulullah sallallahu words in these letters was none other than Hazrat Fairuz al-Daylami radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and he took the assistance of the abna his people who were the Muslims who joined him and they strove to bring an end to this fitna the fitna of apostasy spread by Aswad Ansi Hazrat Fairuz radiyallahu anhu said لم نرتب أنا ومن معي من الأبناء لحظة في دين الله he says myself and my people have never ever doubted Allah's deen even for a split second. Allah's deen is firmly embedded in our hearts and our conviction in Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So they tried their best to end off this fitna. Aswad Ansi's pride knew no bounds. His haughtiness and arrogance. He then turned against one of his senior commanders, Qais bin Abd Yaghuth. And this man actually feared his death. Then Alhamdulillah, Hazrat Fairuz gathered quite a few. He then went to meet his cousin, Adad. Adad who was the wife of Aswad Ansi. But she wasn't happy being his, his wife, but she feared for her life. And she lived in the palace of Shahar bin Badan. And Aswad Ansi who was also situated there, forcefully married her. She agreed with Hazrat Fairuz to put an end to the fitna of Aswad Ansi. She said, I'm even ready to end him off. But they asked, how should we do it? So Hazrat Fairuz mentioned to them that Rasulullah's letter has come to us and he explained to us and he encouraged us to end off this fitna. Will you help us, O Azad? She said, I'm prepared to help you to do anything. They asked her, are you ready to help us to exile him, to banish him? She said, even to kill him, he is no good at all. She said, he said to her, I didn't want to mention this to you explicitly, but this was what I was alluding to. She said, by Allah who has sent Muhammad وسلم, with truth, Bashiran wa Nadira, as a giver of glad tidings, and as a warner, I have never doubted my deen whatsoever. And this man who is totally a shaitan, is detested by me. She says, I know he's totally satanic. His every action is to please the devil and he stays away from no sin whatsoever. 
But now they're discussing how we to do it because this man is well fortified. He has guards surrounding him from every direction. Even right to his room, it's surrounded by guards. But then she thought of a plan that there is one section of his room that leads to a wall, a wall from the outside that is not guarded as the other entrances. This is obviously not an entrance point, but she encouraged, she told them that if you penetrate, if you dig a hole through that wall, you'll manage to enter and then come into his private quarters and end him like that. But they knew to dig a hole in such a wall, obviously it was quite an impregnable wall, is not so easy. So what she did was, she actually called a guard to actually dig quite a bit there to weaken that wall. And then she prepared the way when they were to come after midnight to dig through, it would be very easy to finish off the hole. They actually agreed on a secret code and they made dua and then they separated. When nightfall came, it was the appointed time almost to arrive. He says, I went with my two companions. We got to the point, we completed the hole. We then took our weapons, we lit a, a, a lamp and we went towards the section, the compartment, the, uh, the section of the enemy of Allah Aswad Hansi. There, Azad Rahmatullah was awaiting us at the door. She showed us where he actually was and he was deep in his sleep. He says, I went there and I slit him and finished him off. He shuddered and throbbed like a dying ox and then, alhamdulillah, he ended off. And when the guards heard his voice, when the guards heard his screech and cry, they came. And she then said to them, go away, don't worry. It's just the Prophet receiving revelation. And then they went away and he then died. We then, he said, I waited for dawn to come in, meaning the time of Fajr. And I climbed on the wall and I called out the Adhan. Hazrat Fairuz says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. He says, I continued with the Adhan until I completed it. Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. When he completed the entire Adhan, he then said, Ashhadu anna al-aswad al-ansiyya kathab. I bear testimony, I bear witness for Allah's sake. Aswad Ansi is a liar and this was the password and the secret code for all the Muslims surrounding that area to come to know that Alhamdulillah this fitna of Aswad Ansi has come to an end. Alhamdulillah with the fadl and the karam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then his men lost all their strength we conquered them and defeated them and Yemen then came back into the hands of the Muslims Alhamdulillah through Rasulullah guiding the Sahaba عنهم, and Allah reward Hazrat Fayruz عنه, who also took the advice of Hazrat Mu'adh bin Jabal and Hazrat Abu Musa al-Ash'ari عنهم, Nabi وسلم, Sahaba who went to the world to guide and help the Ummah of our Nabi He says we waited that morning and we then sent a message to our Nabi but when those who came to bring the news to, to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Medina Manawara. They found that the Nabi of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had departed from this world. But then 
who was amongst those who came with the message? It was none other than Hazrat Fairuz radiallahu ta'ala anhu himself. Hazrat Fairuz radiallahu anhu came to Medina Manawara to meet Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and give him the news. But Hazrat Fairuz obviously saddened that he met Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa prior in one of the delegations. So he is Sahabi, but he wanted to see Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and meet him on this occasion. But the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa had departed from this world. But he was also, as he was saddened, but what brought joy to him was the fact that the beloved of Allah وسلم, as he was departing from this transitory world he said to his sahaba عنهم, that the fitna of Aswad Ansi has ended off even before the news came Allah told his beloved وسلم, then Allah's Nabi said قَتَلَهُ رَجُلٌ مُبَارَكٌ مِنْ أَهْلِ بَيْتٍ مُبَارَكِينَ a blessed man a blessed man ended him off and a man who hails from a blessed family. When they asked, O Nabi of Allah, who do you refer to? The beloved of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Fairuz, I refer to Fairuz. Then Allah's beloved, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Faza Fairuz. Fairuz radiallahu anhu has triumphed. Fairuz radiallahu anhu has victored. Radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Allahu Akbar. So this was Hazrat Fairuz radiallahu anhu. He brought joy and happiness and relief to our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam before the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam departed from this transitory world. Allah reward Hazrat Fairuz And this is why Sahaba welcomed him and revered him and loved him. When Hazrat Fairuz arrived in Medina Manawara, he was definitely severely saddened because Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had departed already. But Hazrat Fairuz came with the news but when Sahaba told him, radiallahu anhum, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa already received the news, and Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa spoke so highly of him, this brought relief to Hazrat Fairuz radiallahu anhu, and some solace to him. Alhamdulillah, a very great Sahabi, like all the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, Hazrat Fairuz was known as Abu Dhahak, and also Abu Abdul Rahman. These were appellations of his. As we mentioned, he was originally from Persia, meaning his father, and then they were sent to rule Yemen, his father, and then him among the ruling people of, of, of Yemen under the Persian Empire until the time that Badan had embraced Islam and then Shahar bin Badan and then Hazrat Fairuz radiallahu anhum and Islam then spread through them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took a great khidmah from them in taking Islam to these amazing lands, which is the original land of most of the Arabs. Hazrat Fairuz radiallahu's children were Ad-Dahak, well, the first then was Abdullah, and then we have Sa'id, and all his children narrate hadith from him. The few hadith that he narrate, alhamdulillah, narrates. There's an interesting hadith of Hazrat Fairuz radiallahu, wherein his son narrates from him that my father said to us that when I embraced Islam, I came to Allah's Nabi So he left Yemen to go to meet the beloved of Allah in Medina Mulawara. And then he said, I mentioned to the beloved of Allah, وَتَحْتِي أُخْتَان This is in Abu Dawud Sharif and Tirmidhi Sharif. O Nabi of Allah I am in a predicament. I am wedded to two sisters. The beloved of Allah said to him, طَلِّقْ أَيَّتَهُمَا شِئْتَ You will have to divorce one of them. Because Islamically we are not allowed to remain married to two 
sisters. There's an interesting report also where he mentioned to Nabi Wasallam about properties that he has and uh, grape farms, vineyards and so forth. And he asked in the questions, O Nabi of Allah who's our guardian? The beloved of Allah said, your protector is Allah. Your protector, your guardian is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And your friend is Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is a hadith of Hazrat Abdullah ibn al-Daylami, meaning Hazrat Fairuz radiallahu's son, who narrates from Hazrat Hudayfa, Hudayfa bin Yaman radiallahu. This is a report in Sunan ibn Majah. This is one of the sons of Hazrat Fairuz radiallahu. Some say he is Sahabi, but there's no surety concerning that, and others grade him as a senior tabi'i. If he was Sahabi, that means he would have come with his father to meet Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But there's differences of opinion concerning that. So most say he's a senior tabi'i and he narrates hadith from Sahaba radiallahu anhu. But Allahu Akbar, Allah blessed his children to narrate a hadith. Yeah, his son is a student of Hazrat Hadifa bin Yaman radiallahu anhu. Allahu Akbar. He says, the beloved of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, لا يقبل الله تعالى لصاحب بدعة صوما ولا صلاة ولا صدقة ولا حجا ولا عمرة ولا جهادا ولا صرفا ولا عدلا يخرج من الإسلام كما تخرج الشعرة من العجين The beloved of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, a man who innovates matters that are not part of deen, he brings it into deen claiming that this is part of the deen and part of the sunnah. So somebody who does certain things that's not deen, brings it into deen and claims falsely that this is deen or this is the sunnah that is called bid'ah and an innovation. So this hadith states that the beloved of Allah said, he who perpetrates such an action of innovation, Allah will not accept his deeds, whether fast, whether salah, whether charity, nor his hajj and umrah, even his striving for Allah and his fard and nafil deeds and then through innovations he would come out of islam like a hair strand is pulled out of dough allahu akbar allah save us ulama explain that when a person perpetrates some sin allah save us he regrets it and he tries to leave it but when a person innovates a, an innovation he wouldn't repent because he thinks he's doing the right thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. So whatever we do in Allah's deen, we must do it in accordance to the sunnah. And if we do certain things and it's not part of the sunnah, we must not claim that this is the sunnah or this is the deen. We have to be careful when it comes to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is perfect and complete. There's another amazing hadith in Sunnah Ibn Majah from the son of Hazrat Daylami, Hazrat Fairuz radiallahu anhu. So his son, Abdullah ibn Fairuz. This is the brother of Dahak because there were three brothers. The other is Sa'id. So Abdullah narrates this hadith as well. That Hazrat Abdullah, Hazrat Fairuz's son, radiallahu anhu says that I was worried about the matter of taqdeer. You know, everything being through Allah's decree and predestination. And I was worried that this would, you know, cause some trouble in my deen and my matters of akhirah. So in this worry, what did this great tabi'i do? What did the son of Hazrat Fairuz anhu do when he was worried about a matter of taqdeer and this aspect of deen? They would go to Sahaba anhu. How fortunate when you and I are troubled concerning any matter of deen. 
or any matter in life, make mashura with our ulama, make mashura with people of haq. There's amazing advisors of Uqba bin Nafi' radiallahu anhu, Allahu Akbar, that sahabi, under whom, uh, with whom Amr, him, he was sent by Hazrat Amr bin Asr anhu, and he took Islam into Libya, into Sudan, into North Africa, into Tunisia, and he became shaheed in 63 Hijri, study his advisors for his students and his children before he left this world. He told them, always make mashura with ulama of haqq and don't look for loopholes and look for scapegoats. Look for what is right from the ulama. So here, Allahu Akbar, how fortunate, Hazrat Fayruz al-Sam goes to Hazrat Ubay bin Ka'ab and he addresses him respectfully, Ya Abal Mundir, Oh, this great Sahabi of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This was an address of respect when you called one with his appellation and title like that. He says, I'm troubled about this matter of Qadr, Taqdeer. It mustn't harm my deen. Teach me, guide me. Allah will benefit me through you. So the Sahabi teaches him, لو أن الله تعالى عذب أهل سماواته وأهل أرضه لعذبهم وهو غير ظالم لهم ولو رحمهم لكانت رحمته خيرا لهم من أعمالهم ولو كان لك مثل جبل أحد ذهبا أو مثل جبل أحد تنفقه في سبيل الله ما قبل منك حتى تؤمن بالقدر فتعلم أن ما أصابك لم يكن ليخطئك وأن ما أخطأك لم يكن ليصيبك وأنك إن مت على غير هذا دخلت النار ولا عليك أن تأتي أخي عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله عنه. He teaches him so lovingly, saying that if Allah were to punish everyone in the heavens and the earth, Allah would punish them without not without oppressing them. It wouldn't be an injustice from Allah. It is Allah's prerogative because we are His creation. We are in need of Him. If Allah wants to punish, Allah can punish. And if Allah wants to have mercy on everyone, Allah's rahmah upon all mankind is even more for them and for us than even our deeds, than mankind's deeds. So He's showing Allah's taqdeer and Allah's decree and Allah's qadr. Then He said, even if you were to have a mountain of gold like Uhud and you spend it in Allah's way, it will never be accepted for you until you believe in Qadr that everything is from Allah, everything is from Allah, everything is through Allah, is under Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's control and that you know that you should be convinced with conviction, Ma Asabak, what happens to you, what comes your way, what afflicts you was never going to miss you. No ifs and buts, if I left earlier, or if I didn't uh, end up there. It was going to happen. And what didn't come your way, what didn't fall in your lot, what didn't happen to you, what was not your share, was never ever going to come anyway. And imagine, this is also the teachings of the Qur'an, according to this hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. As the Sahabi anhu, meaning the Sahabi explains this in accordance to the teachings of Qur'an and hadith. And then, Hazrat Ubay radiallahu anhu, Allah's Nabi ﷺ, you will hear in the Jumu'ah, Allah's beloved ﷺ said, Aqra'uhum Ubay ibn Ka'b. The greatest scholar in regards to Qur'an is Hazrat Ubay ibn Ka'b. You'll hear it in the khutbah. Then, then Hazrat Ubay tells him, and if you pass away without this aqidah and belief, your abode will be hellfire. 
And then he says, Subhanallah, what's the harm? You want to understand it better? Better than how I explained it to you? Go to my brother. Wala alayka an ta'tiya akhi. Who's his brother? Wah wah. Look at Sahaba. Let's marvel at the amazing lives of Sahaba Kiram. Radiallahu anhum. Go by my brother. Ask him. He'll give you a better explanation. Who's his brother? Another Sahabi. Another Allahu Akbar. Great scholar of this ummah. Go to Abdullah bin Mas'ud. Look at Sahaba. He is so great. Ubay bin Ka'ab radiallahu anhu. He gives the answer. But he sends the student to another Sahabi. Because he believes in his heart that that Sahabi will explain it better. Look at the qualities of Sahaba. Radiallahu anhu. One scholar sending someone. Go to the other. He'll explain to you better. This is pure heartedness. Allahu Akbar. He says, I went to Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu And Allahu Akbar, he gave me the exact same response verbatim, word for word. And then he said to me, who Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu what's the harm? You want to get a better explanation? Go to Hazrat Hudayfa bin Yaman. Go to him. He said, I went to Hazrat Hudayfa bin Yaman radiallahu He said the exact same thing that Hazrat Ubay said, Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud said. Then he also said, that why don't you go to Zaid bin Sabit, he'll give you a better explanation. Because he feels Hazrat Fairuz's son came directly to him, so he's saying, go to Zaid bin Sabit Allahu Akbar, the man of Qur'an, and all the Sahaba were men of Qur'an and Sunnah. Allahu Akbar, go to him, ask him. He said, I went to Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit radiallahu I asked him, and Hazrat Zaid radiallahu said, I heard Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, Law anna allaha azza wa jal, azzaba ahla samawatihi wa ahla ardihi, la'azzabahum, wa huwa ghayru zalimin lahum, wa law rahimahum, lakanat rahmatuhu khayran lahum min a'malihim, wa law kana laka jabalu uhudin zahaban, o mithlu jabali uhudin zahaban, tunfiquhu fi sabilillah, ma قبله منك حتى تؤمن بالقدر فتعلم أن ما أصابك لم يكن ليخطئك وأن ما أخطأك لم يكن ليصيبك وأنك إن مت على غير هذا دخلت النار He gives the exact response from the hadith word for word and then he said but what's the harm you want to understand it better go to my brother Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud رضي الله عنه وهو وهو how pure, how pure-hearted are the great Sahaba Kiram, radiyallahu anhum. Ulaika ashabun nabiyyi wa hizbihi. Ulaika ashabun nabiyyi wa hizbihi. Walawlahumu ma kana fil ardi muslimu. Those are the Sahaba Kiram, radiyallahu anhum. If it wasn't for these pure-hearted souls, these grand souls, these amazing human beings, the best of Allah's creation, after the Anbiya alayhimu salawatu min Allahi wa taslimat, were it not for them, you and I would not be Muslim today. Every aspect of their lives is exemplary for us. Even when they argued, even when there was differences between them, how they resolved it, how they solved the issue, how they looked at every aspect, and they loved and their pure-heartedness, Allahu Akbar, radiyallahu anhum wa radu'an. There's another amazing incident in the life of Hazrat Fairuz, radiyallahu anhum. But when he would come to Medina Manawara, the Sahaba, radiyallahu anhum, would love him and revere him. And Hazrat Umar would actually introduce him thus, that this man ended off the fitna of Aswad Ansi. 
they knew how much of trouble this brought, how much of worry this brought to the heart of Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu And this Sahabi radiallahu anhu resolved it. So this is how this great Sahabi Hazrat Fairuz was introduced. Subhanallah, uh, despite one's status and respect, look at the justice of Islam. One day when he arrives at the door of Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu, so this would have been the masjid, Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu would have had one section in the masjid or next to the masjid where he would resolve issues and general mashuras would take place from Masjid al-Nabawi sallallahu alayhi wa but sometimes personal mashuras, sometimes matters that needed to be solved in a, in different, a different manner. There was a section that Hazrat Umar had for this. So he was, and whoever wanted to see him would wait outside and wait for their turn. So him being such an elderly person, and he's known for his, for his size. You know, he was huge. A senior great man from Yemen. So when he arrives there, he was waiting for, for, for the presence of Hazrat Umar and there was a youngster before him. Now, he felt that the youngster should have allowed him to go first. But the youngster utilized his own choice to say that, no, it's my turn first. Now, one is to, to show character, to show respect to an elderly person. And that's such a wonderful thing to do. But one can't force his way to receive a privilege. And this is the beauty. If somebody who has the right and he gives of that right through akhlaq, how meritorious. And if somebody doesn't want to, he shouldn't be forced. So here, probably Hazrat Fairuz for some reason wanted to see Hazrat Umar anhu a little earlier, or he felt that because of his seniority that he should be given that uh, early entrance, and the youngster refused, and Hazrat Fairuz gave him one blow, meaning one clout. And when the matter came before Hazrat Umar anhu, Hazrat Umar explained to Hazrat Fairuz, that this is totally not permissible. This is injustice. You could not have done that. You could not have, uh, you, you could not, you were not allowed to hit this, 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 this man. And now, justice has to be meted out. He would have had to do the same. So he asked Hazrat Umar, is this the teaching of Islam? Hazrat Umar says, yes, this is the just way of Islam. And then, as this youngster was about to take his right, Hazrat Umar anhu paused him and said to him, before you do this, let me just explain to you who this man is and what Allah's Nabi said about him. When the youngster heard this, he was so touched. He said, I make maaf, I forgive him. I forgive him for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there was so much of muhabba in that. Hazrat Fairuz was so happy. He gave such a gift to this youngster. You know. And Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu was elated by this, by this amazing scenario and amazing scene that just happened. This Hazrat Muhammad Yusuf rahimahullah brings this report in his Hayat al-Sahaba. And we see the justice of Sahaba radiallahu anhum and their humbleness. And how, subhanallah, when they were told of what was right, they accepted and they yielded. They accepted Allah's decision. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. If somebody did something and uh, a decision was to be made against them, they always accepted. Even in matters where Hazrat Umar anhu had to go to the Qadi concerning an issue that he had with somebody else. And were he to lose the case, they were happy. 
Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu, in the same manner, when the Jew usurped his shield, but he could not prove it, and he lost the case, and he accepted it. The Jew was so shocked that in Kufa, in the land of Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu, by Hazrat Ali's qadi, judge, Hazrat Ali loses the case, and he you know, submits and accepts that Jewish individual embraced Islam. This is the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deen. This reminds me of what happens in Darul Uloom, you know, sometimes, and this is an amana. We have so many students from different countries of the world, and parents send their children with trust that in the madrasa, the asatidah are taking care and showing them that love or trying to show them the love that their parents show them. Allahu Akbar. I remember Hazrat Malana, Shabir Sahib, Damat Barakatuhum. Hazrat Malana mentioned, would mention, Damat Barakatuhum, how in madrasa, Hazrat Malana Ma'roof Sahib, would show them so much of love and so much of akhlaq and him being a student also at times they would get sick meaning the other students and Hazrat Mawlana Shabir Sahib Damul Barakatuhum wa Hafidhahullah said so beautifully that Hazrat Mawlana Ma'roof Sahib would show us so much of love that at times we would actually think that he's showing us love that we would receive at home like our mother and father would show us love so Allahu Akbar, and what great work Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken, is taking from these great individuals. So if there's a certain case like this in Darul Uloom, and one student happened to physically hit the other, even if it's just a smack or a clout, and the matter is brought to the office, Marana Akusab, Hazrat Marana Akusab would call for both these students, and the one that hit the other, the one who was now oppressed, would be given the opportunity and the choice in front of everyone to hit him back the one who oppressed him to hit back the one who oppressed him now this is because of justice in a normal circumstance him being younger he can't take back his right but here now because of authority because of the system because of the madrasa because of deen he's now given an opportunity to take back his right and the elderly student cannot do anything about it because the matter would be supervised. Even later on, he can't take him to task and so forth. But in this, as Imam Akusab does such a beautiful thing, before the student who was oppressed now is given the right to exact his right, is given the opportunity, Imam Akusab would narrate the beautiful hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif to him that, you know what, young man? You have the right, you know, to do this, to clout this individual because he did this to you. But let me share one hadith with you. The beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and this hadith is in Tirmidhi Sharif. The beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that he who qadama ghaydan, swallows his anger. Obviously this youngster was oppressed. So he was hit, so he's feeling bad. He has rage, he's upset. But Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, he who swallows his anger even though he is in a position to exact his right he can vent his anger now this hadith is general someone harmed you someone spoke out you know attacked you someone disrespected you and you want now because of anger we want to retaliate we want to react we want to say something vulgar but a person swallows his anger for Allah, even though he is in a position to retaliate and vent. Now sometimes a person isn't, he's much younger, much weaker. 
In this circumstance, a person is given that opportunity because even the elderly student or the bigger student or the stronger student has to accept the, the smack from the other because of him using his hand first. The beloved of Allah said, He who swallows his anger, even though he is in a position to take back his right, or he is in a position to vent his anger and retaliate, meaning he's the stronger one, or in a stronger position. But he swallowed his anger for Allah. He forgave for Allah. He overlooked for Allah alone, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ta'ahu Allah ta'ala ala ru'usil khalaiq. Such an individual. Allah will call him on judgment day. And Allah will say to him, you are, Allah will say to him, يُخَيِّرُهُ مِنَ الْحُورِ الْعِينِ مَا Allah will say to him, see all the hur ain, I imagine the beautiful damsels of paradise. Hur is such a word also that means dazzling. Something, يَحَارُ The gaze becomes dazzled on seeing them. Now the hurs will be lined up for him. And he'll be given a choice. مِنَ الْحُورِ الْعِينِ مَا Choose what you want. Choose, make your pick. So he would say, Allah, such a reward, what have I done? Allah will say to him that you swallowed your anger. You gave in your right for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You could have retaliated. You were given a position to react and take back your right. But you swallowed it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You gave in for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such is the reward, subhanallah. And most of the time, alhamdulillah, when a student hears this hadith, he generally forgives. Subhanallah. Allah give us all tawfiq to forgive others for Allah, for Allah's sake. To swallow our anger for Allah's sake. To make salam first to others for Allah's sake. And to be just. Because justice is the system of Islam. Ya amanu, kunu bil Allah says, O oh people of Iman, stand up for justice. Shuhada alillah, bear testimony for Allah. Justly, even if it be against yourself, your parents, your children, your loved ones. Be just for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes a person can pray profusely, in abundance, always in the masjid. But when it comes to justice, we violate this teaching of deen. We will side with ours against the oppressed. We will be, we'll stand with our child even though he wronged another. That is unacceptable and that is un-Islamic. Allah give us tawfiq. Allah make it easy for us. Allah guide us and guide all our children. And Allah make us people of justice.